Today's episode of That Song From That Movie is coming up after this. With what feels like a never-ending stream of news and information surrounding us every day, how do we ever actually get something useful out of it all? Well, that's what the Assorted Goods Podcast is all about. It's a more casual perspective on what's going on in the world, where each episode your host Dan, myself, a regular guy turned curious mind, dives into a topic from the news, history, or whatever's on my mind that week. Then we slow it all down and dig a little deeper, passing along all the things that I learn from me to you. Subscribe to Assorted Goods wherever you listen to your podcasts, and join me on my journey to learn a little more. And you know, not be too serious about it. I'll see you there. Woo! It's our birthday, so as per tradition, we are returning to the franchise which started it all on today's episode of that song from that movie. To infinity. And beyond! Thank you for joining that song from that movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. I am still, still your intergalactic space ranger host, Dietrich, and he's been a pal for as long as I can remember. He's brave, like a cowboy should be, and kind and smart. But the thing that makes him special is he'll never give up on you. Ever. He'll be there for you, no matter what. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, what an introduction. That just kept going, didn't it? I mean... I'm still here, so yeah, I guess I will be forever. <laughs> Don't sound too happy about that, Alex. Okay. And I told you, stay out of my butt, Ben. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm going to be there forever as well, D. <laughs> <laughs> a welcome guest. <laughs> yep. There is a snake in... Never mind. <laughs> move on, move on, move on. I thought you were going to kind of go for a keep Ben's name out of your butt or something there. <laughs> keep Ben's name out of my butt. Topical. Topical. Is that our first Oscars reference? Yes. <laughs> no, first of many. What have you guys been watching the past uh, fortnight? Uh, I saw the the Bitmin. The what? I saw that last oh, week. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Just too long. Like, just like way, way too long. It's just too long, isn't it? I think it? the first half is like a 9 out of 10 film, and then the second half is maybe like a 5 out of 10. It, it, it's like a it's like a 7 act film. <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know where it, it doesn't know where it's going. Would you appreciate the break in the middle? Um, no, I would never appreciate an intermission because it would always remind me of school trips. <laughs> the first ten minutes were fantastic. If that was it, I, I would, it would have been the best Batman film. Oh, you're talking about Batman. Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Bitman. the Batman. What is Bitman? <laughs> is <this> <laughs> it's a Bitman. What about you, Alex? Um, I have seen some films because it's been quite... <laughs> I can't see seen some films. Films? <laughs> films. Because it's been quite a while since um, did a recording. So long he's adopted yeah. a, a sort of a, a Tennessee accent. Um, I, I think I've watched this since we last uh, did the podcast, so I've seen Nightmare Alley. Oh yeah, I watched that actually, yeah. Which was which was pretty good, I thought. I think, you know, it's been nominated for an Oscar, I think it's been getting like a relatively seemingly amount of criticism, but I've quite enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, you know, it... It was a relatively predictable sort of conclusion, I guess, but it was yep. a fun film. Um, I also watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but Not heard uh, of that. Would, hi- would highly recommend. Okay. <laughs> Lots of fun. Lots of uh, 
evangelical fun. Or evangelical <laughs> fun, should I say. <laughs> the kind of fun I look for. It's a fun film. What's a evangelical? So it's, an, it's like a preacher, but on TV. Oh, a team. All right. Okay. Oh, clever. Right. Clever. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, got, like it's that. Jessica Chastain yeah, yeah. and Andrew Garfield, both in very, very high form, I thought. So yeah, recommend. I think it's on okay. Amazon okay. Prime. Yeah, okay. Those kind, those kind of people that like, like slap the God into you or slap the devil out of you. Yeah, but it's kind of like, it's more <laughs> it's more wholesome than that though. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's, like, it's kind of like, I think it was like the third most watched like um, TV network at the time, it was like in in a, in, the, in America, it had like twenty million wow. viewers a day. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> crazy numbers. So it was like in the eighties. So but yeah, it's good. Okay. Since we last recorded, I have been to the cinema twice. Ooh. I went to see Morbius. Oh <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> okay, it's fine. It's fine. I went into it expecting a train wreck. I read reviews afterwards saying that it's one of the worst films I've ever made, and I sort of what's that going? I've seen much worse films than that, and I've seen much better films than that. Okay. It's, it's not even the worst Sony Marvel film, because it's better than the first Venom film. Right. Okay. Not a huge right. bar to jump over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's very five, six out of ten. But it's a difficult one to crawl under, Alex. <laughs> that's true. It's harder to crawl under. And the other film I went to see was um, Jujitsu Kaizen Zero. Yeah. Needs no explanation, yep. right? No. What no, the no, heck no. is that? <laughs> Is that an anime? <laughs> it is an anime, yes. Go, look uh, at you, you weeb. The TV show Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu a... Kaisen? I'm going to have to look this up. I mean, I, I, used, to, I used to be massive yeah. on anime and I've never even heard of this. Jiu-jitsu. It's relatively new. The cop in anyone else in the cinema, do you? Was it just uh, Was there anyone dressed up? <laughs> Nobody was dressed up, but it, the cinema had quite a lot of people in it. It's one of the most successful right. anime I, I, films. I think you underestimate, Alex, how big these things are, actually. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> it's meant a lot at the box office. I enjoyed the film, but I'm not a massive fan of the show. It's more my wife's thing. But I went along with it. What a good husband. It's about people with curses that are basically superpowers. Sounds anime. And what annoys me about the show, generally, is that they seem to forget their own law and that the rules change from episode to episode. That classic anime style, I guess. But in the film, that wasn't a problem, so I enjoyed that. Is there a fighting panda? Yes. Sold. <laughs> like Tekken I was going to say isn't that just Tekken it is very Tekken yeah right. but yeah it was nice seeing a anime film at the cinema again if only Ben could get over that one inch barrier at the bottom of the screen <laughs> I, I struggle to go under it yeah <laughs> Ben has many one inch barriers <laughs> okay so guys happy birthday Happy birthday, birthday, guys. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Our first ever episode was Toy Story, and we returned to the franchise for our first birthday. So it's only right we dip into the toy box again for our second birthday. And then not for the third. We will not do anything for the third. Because there's Uh, no more Toy Story films. At least two more by the time you do that. Yeah. And there's the shorts (laughs) as well. Don't forget about the shorts. I I don't have as much problem about Buzz Lightyear. I'll say that right now. Uh, Yeah, so we're doing We Belong Together from... Toy Story 3, which is not the Mariah Carey song, disappointingly. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a turn that would have been. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out. Time for some history. So it's me taking you back to June 2010, if you can cast your mind back that far. Yep. First news, future Brexit voters everywhere broke out into floods of tears as the BBC finally announced the cancellation of the long-running sitcom Last of the Summer Wine (laughs) (laughs) after 37 years. Wow, I have still never seen a single episode. I think I've seen maybe an episode when I was a child on a Sunday evening when there was nothing else on. Mm -hmm. See, that could have been Heartbeat for all you know. Very likely. (laughs) All I remember is there's something with a bathtub. 
There was never anything more depressing when I t- walked into the room and I saw Heartbeat on. There was just no joy in it. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were like recently watching Heartbeat, like they were catching back up on Heartbeat, and it's been it had been going for <laughs> Binge- like binging Heartbeat. It's not. A, it's a brand new sentence. <laughs> oh god! In other news, the longest open brackets professional close brackets tennis match of all time takes place at Wimbledon as John Isner and Nicholas Mahut. Mahut play out a match lasting <laughs> over 11 hours in total and a very young Ben watched every damn boring minute of it I presume probably probably the time when I enjoyed tennis that seems far too long after like three hours they should have just got flipped a coin or something <laughs> yes and then served for it <laughs> so they should have just played with the coin <laughs> flip the coin in the air and whoever can hit with the tennis ball <laughs> yeah, wins the yeah. match yeah that should have been it. that's probably more difficult actually <laughs> Probably would have taken longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into a ESPN the Ocho sort of level of sport there. <laughs> Apparently, it's the month they're getting hitched. As the website I get all of my news stories from had nine separate stories about celebrities getting married, so I've listed all of them. <laughs> Not the film Hitch. <laughs> any of the, any of them good? Well, you t- you tell me. So, first one: actor David Schwimmer marries artist Zoe Buckman. Pass. No, no, not that interested in that. Actress Gemma Arterton weds businessman Stefano Catelli. Pass. No. Cool name, though. Yeah, yeah. Radio host Rush Limbaugh weds <laughs> event planner Catherine Roger. Skip. Big skip. Actor Harrison Ford weds mm. actress Callista Flockhart. Yeah, passable. Bit star power on that one. Okay, no. Saw that on Hello Magazine, yeah. Crown Princess of Sweden, Victoria, weds personal trainer Daniel Westling. I mean, he's done well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Punching, yeah. Literally. Uh, actress Megan Fox weds actor Brian Austin Green. Mm, I don't know the second guy. I think that'll last. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely still together. Uh, actress Mina Savari weds concert producer Simone Sestito. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're just making up names now, do you? <laughs> I, I could be. Just making noises. Hairstylist to the stars Janine Jarman <laughs> weds sales executive <laughs> Matthew Walcott. Sales <laughs> executive. <laughs> Janine <laughs> you are making these up. <laughs> and four-time women's champion Michelle McCool weds seven-time heavyweight oh, champion, no, six-time tag team champion, 15-time Slammy Award winner, and now WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer, The Undertaker, what? Mark Calloway. What's a Slammy? What? <laughs> Oh, Ben. I should go up on stage and slap you in the face. No, 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 let's not, let's not, no, 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 no. We already have yet to talk about Toy Story. <laughs> We're 12 minutes in. It's the, the, the wrestling uh, the wrestling version of the Oscars. Oh, it's a Come on, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was risking a door being blown open by asking that question. And finally, it's June, so it's blockbuster season at the cinema. So along with what we're talking about today, came out the A-Team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Karate Kid remake. Yeah. Jonah Hex, <laughs> Twilight Saga, Eclipse. Okay. Which one's that? Like the number two is or three? three? I think that's three, is it? They've got lots of songs in it, though. It probably does, yes. And, of course, the number one movie of the month, to very little surprise, was Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 is the third installment of Pixar's Toy Story franchise, which this time sees Woody, Buzz, and the rest of the gang are mistakenly delivered to a daycare centre. Woody convinces the other toys that they were not dumped by Andy, who is soon to be departing to college, and leads our toy heroes on an expedition back home, where they, uh, spoilers, are very promptly dumped by Andy. Mm. So this is an incredibly popular film, mm-hmm. and we'll go into how popular it is in a bit. But before we do that, guys, what do you think of this movie? Yeah, it's a good film. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good film, next. We've got some places to be, people to see. 
It's a great film, and I think it's it's the perfect ending for the trilogy, like especially thematically. I think we've we spoke a lot about Toy Story <laughs> on the other two episodes, so I don't. I'm not going to go into any old ground necessarily, but I think it it re- they really managed to tie everything together that had been built in the first two perfectly. I don't think it's a perfect film. I think a lot of people will jump and say that the third one is the best one, Ben, but. I actually think it's the weakest of the original trilogy. I think it falls back a bit okay. too much on previous gags, things like Space Ranger Buzz Malarkey, and it all gets a bit like, oh yeah, but this is we've seen this in the first two. I feel like I think there's like a lot of pandering in this one to things that happened previously. A lot of just like sassy asides from the the uh, the characters such as Ham, Mister Potato Head, etc. And it's just like it becomes a bit much in this one because they introduce more sassy characters when we go to uh, Bonnie's house, and it's like there's just too much sass in this one. <laughs> there's a couple of what I've described as icky jokes about Ken in this film, but I mean we can yeah. obviously talk about Ken being a magnificent introduction and probably the best character in this entire film, which I think goes without say. But I'll say anyway. But there are a couple of like mm, that doesn't, especially when you've seen it so many times recently as I have that. I just like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have done that joke. How many times do you think you've seen it recently? Oh, God. If you had to put a number on it. <laughs> would like, if if we're talking like just like se- sections of the film in the hundreds. Wow. I think if you're talking about the full film, probably in pieces, maybe like definitely over 20 in the last year, probably more. Committed. Usually his favourite is the first and second. His favourites are the first and second one, and I have to agree. That they are the best two. Um, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if he was watching the ending of this film over and over again. Well, yeah, um, but I think it does what all great trilogy closing films should aim for, and that's to leave the audience satisfied. Because I do think yep. like you get everything you want from this film, even though I don't think it's perfect. I think they they just did a really great job of bringing it round because it had been quite a long time since the second one. And I think it was what is it, fifteen. No, so, it wasn't that wasn't that long. It's not far because the second one's what ninety six or seven. Ninety nine, ninety nine. Oh, the second okay. one's ninety nine. So like twelve, eleven, twelve, 12 years. Oh, eleven years. Yeah, eleven years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I think it is good. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you, uh, hear what you guys think. I do agree that I think my love for this film comes from the ending of this film, and it's like a bit like what Alex says. It's the bow that's on it. Like, it's just so perfectly done. It ends it in such a perfect way. Yes, that's why I hate Toy Story 4. <laughs> I think Toy Story 2 is a good film. Like, a very good film. But I think 3 is still miles better. I think over time, I, I think 1 is now the best. But I think partly that's because Toy Story 4 has ruined Toy Story 3 for me. Because it is no longer the bow on the end. Or at least it was a bow. And then some other kids come over and, ri- and ripped it open. And decided <laughs> to stick more things in. And then realised, oh crap, the box is too big now. The, the wrapping paper doesn't fit. And so it kind of looks a bit messy. That's what's annoying to me. But I still think this film is one of my favourite films. Um, like I say, I remember getting home and finding and feeling this really weird, strange feeling that I felt like I hadn't played with my toys enough. I was like, what the hell are you doing, Ben? You're 20 years old. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> but I just remember like, I was like, wow, that's just really good filmmaking to make you think that. What toy did you pack for college uh, later on? Um, I don't, you know, I had so few toys growing up. I was not a toy kid. I think most of them I used to just throw on the washing line at your house, Alex. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've got to agree that it's a great film. I mean, whereas, like, I guess the film is, I don't know, burnt into the back of Alex's eyelids. Mm. I've only ever seen Toy Story 3 twice. Wow. 
with the first time being the notable one because it was the first official date I had with my now wife. <laughs> it was indeed. It, so it went pretty well, <laughs> yes. I think, Seminal seeing as film. we are still together now. Obviously, it did mean that I had to like fight back any tears during like the incinerator scene <laughs> because uh, I had to look super macho on a first date. Like As much as I champion men showing their emotions and uh, allowing themselves to be vulnerable, even I can say that if you were crying on a first date, you ain't getting a second date, are you? <laughs> we'll, we'll, oh. never Maybe. we'll never know. We'll never know. They do those stakes so well, though, don't they? I must yeah. say. Like, I know you know the characters are going to make it because it's a kid's film, but they, they do linger on that moment really well. Mm. And um, it doesn't feel like it's just a sort of a, a heart in your mouth, like a danger moment. It's quite soft, you know, with them all looking at each other, and it's quite somber and almost melancholic. I, I just think that's very, very rare, actually. Yeah, and what it does really well is that it really does make you appreciate, without saying it or showing you it, how far we've come as an audience with these like bits of, well, CGI plastic <laughs> that everyone has like this, this emotional connection to. Like a, a lesser film probably would have started having like flashbacks to when the, we first met them and the, the different adventures they'd had whilst they were slowly moving towards... The, the pit of that incinerator. Mm-hmm. It's just how well-crafted these movies are. Um, just to jump off what you two said, I think the first one's the best one. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I, I would say each one is not as good as the one that precedes it. Yeah, I would say that as well. I don't get angry at anyone saying any of them are particularly their favourite. Yeah, I think that's fair. I would just get angry at them if anyone had said that there were any of them were a bad film, mm. apart from four. I don't think up in, up until recently I would have even really been able to choose one because my memory of them is all together as of the three, I guess, from well, my memory from ten years ago. But I think like when I've watched all three of them repeatedly over and over, you start to like notice things that maybe you wouldn't notice yeah. otherwise, and you fixate on stuff more. And actually, you feel like, well, which film can I actually tolerate the most when I've seen it fifty times? <laughs> and actually, the first <laughs> and the second ones are the ones that you can kind of you can do that more with. I think it's. I like to say I think it's probably because the third one to me relies a little bit on what came before, not in a bad yeah. way because of like obviously you can't distance yourself from those two films because they wouldn't have been the success and the perfect conclusion that it is. But yeah, I think it's just slightly weaker, but not there's not a lot in it because it's still a really fun film. I think they do um, well though to have them. The, the stories are themselves though that they they yeah. wasn't planned from the start, was it? it was like the Lord of the Rings or something like that, which is a trilogy of films that. It's one story. This is a different story every time. It's compact and compartmentalized so that you can enjoy them separately. Yeah, that's true. I mean, is is this the best trilogy? Is this the best trilogy? I know a lot of people do love the Lord of the Rings or the I don't know the original Star Wars trilogy. Back to the Future. Well, Back to the Future Three is not. I don't really like that one. But I don't know. I just think this it has to be up there. Hundred percent the conversation. I know people denounce animation a bit, but yeah, it's got to be top three. Yeah, I suppose going to that sort of idea that all the films were produced separately. The production for this one was a uh, much maligned story, similar to Toy Story 2, actually. (laughs) Did someone delete all of the files from from the computer again? (laughs) It wasn't very straightforward, let's put it that way. Yeah, so the context at the time of Pixar and Disney were two separate companies, and the setup at this point was simply that Disney had a contract with Pixar to create five new movies following the original Toy Story. Uh, Disney get to own the characters and create sequels, without Pixar, but Pixar can say no to doing it first, if you're following that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when the contract was coming to an end, 
then Disney CEO Michael Eisner, or Michael, what does the cricket think, Eisner, <laughs> as he's known in uh, official circles. Callback, callback. Watch the Mulan episode, guys. Yes. So he wanted another Toy Story movie, obviously. He wanted money. And Pixar said no. They were already pissed off with Eisner because, in their mind, he had managed to get Toy Story 2 on a complete freebie because Eisner argued that Toy Story 2 didn't count as a new movie as it was a sequel. (laughs) He didn't tell them until after it had been released. So he got an extra movie on the contract for nothing. Um, Yeah, so Pixar Mm. were like, done with him. We're not working with Michael Eisner. We're not working with Disney anymore. So in a bit of like brinksmanship, Michael Eisner set up a completely brand new studio called Circle 7 Animation and told them they had to go make Toy Story 3, Monsters, Inc. 2 and Finding Nemo 2. Uh, I don't know if you ever remember stories coming out about what it was going to be about, but it was like Buzz was going to malfunction after we sent back to Taiwan. <laughs> okay. That was originally, that was that was going to be the plot. That would never, and, uh, uh, like, that's, too, that's, that's dangerous ground, isn't it really? Yeah. So a few months pass and the new studio have the script ready, but Eisner is then ousted as CEO of Disney and in comes Bob Iger, who was a young go-getter at the time. That sounds like the same person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, pulls his moustache off. Hello, I'm Bob Eisner. <laughs> <laughs> he attends a parade at Hong Kong Disneyland where he sees that the only characters the children in Hong Kong are reacting to are the Pixar creations. So he realizes at that point that Disney need Pixar more than Pixar need Disney. It's true. He calls up Steve Jobs, who is the CEO of Pixar, and says, name your price. And that's how, like, within a few months, they were bought for $7.4 billion. Wow. He then tells them, you make Toy Story 3, and contacts the other studio and tells them to get rid of the one they're working on. And basically, that studio's closed down forever without ever making a movie. So we'll never see Buzz in Taiwan. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because, like, at that time, the Disney animation films were pretty shit, like the non-Pixar ones. And like 2010, like I remember Tangled came out, which is is good. It's a very good film. And I think that started to yeah. change. Like a lot of the Disney animations are like top draw. Not all of them, but most of them since. I mean, Frozen is just Disney, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. But like before there's like Brother Bear and all that kind of cack. Home on the Range. Home on the Range, yeah. Chicken Little. Brother Bear too. Still, like, really Mars risk- Need Moms, is that one? No, well, it was, that was the biggest blockbuster. <laughs> Brother Bear 3. <laughs> that, that, that's what I mean, but I feel like, you know, Disney, aside from Pixar, have kind of stepped it up in recent years. Whereas I think Pixar have almost kind of rested on their laurels a bit, I think, overall. Critically, I'm sure this is not a surprise whatsoever, it was very positively received. Out the pack. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who didn't like it? I'm going to find that person right now. Uh, no, I've I've already looked, but nice. I've got it on here. So it was in many critics' top ten of the year. But yeah, why has it not got a hundred percent Paddington two score? Because it's not as good as Paddington two. Because it's not as good as Paddington two. Yeah. Yep, everything else has to be rated on a curve below Paddington two. So yeah, ninety eight percent. Okay. Or the other reason is because there is a reviewer who spends their time writing contrarian reviews of movies, who somehow is a verified Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. <sighs> so just ruined it for everybody. I read the article as well. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do it, at least make it funny. But they didn't. They couldn't. Because oh, it's nonsense. But how are you going to make it funny? I'm going to read that. I mean, obviously, when Paddington 3 comes out, that will be the perfect trilogy. <laughs> yeah, you probably that is true. Possibly. If, if they nail that landing, that, that is the perfect trilogy. But then they'll do Paddington 4 and ruin Just it. Ruin yep. Just like everyone does. Yeah. Anyway, audience-wise, people lapped this up. <laughs> I mean, really lapped this up. <laughs> 
They lapped it up uh, eventually. Toy Story 3 became the first ever animated movie to cross a billion dollars worldwide at the box office, which is a hell of a lot of money. (laughs) However, weirdly, it actually opened up relatively, for a Toy Story film, quite low, and uh, everyone was quite apprehensive about how it was going to do quite poorly at the cinema. Obviously not. Um, like the year before, the, the Simpsons movie opened to a bigger weekend. It was only 145 million for Toy Story 3, and it was 170 for the Simpsons movie. And surprisingly, the biggest one of all time is Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaur, which took in 220 million in one weekend. God, and that ain't wow. a good film. <laughs> and that was that was a few years before Toy Story 3 as well. So that was what was being used as the benchmark. And when it came in nearly 100 million lower than that, it was uh, warning signs. How can we ever improve upon Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs? I ask myself that every morning when I look in the mirror. I do as well, yeah. Well, well D- Disney couldn't, that's why they bought it. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's true, actually. And now they've got, like, whatever it's called, Digger, Dugger, Ice Age Adventures, or whatever it's called. Buckwild. Yeah, Buckwild, that's it, the Adventures of Buckwild. Yeah, it's, it's just bonkers, that, that money. $220 million for an Ice Age movie. The first one wasn't even good. None of them were good. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, before we get down to Ice Age, uh, Tundra. Ooh. Is that is that ice-related? Yeah, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's awards time. So it's the 83rd Academy Awards. Toy Story 3 received five nominations, including Best Picture. So it was only the third animated movie ever to receive a Best Picture nomination. Mm, nice. Uh, any guesses on the other two before it? God. Uh, and it's been nonsense either, so. Were they, were they CGI? Uh, something old. Was it something old like Snow White or Beauty and the Beast or something? Snow White? No, Beauty and the Beast is yes. Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was the first animated film nominated. Lion King? Nope. Was it a Disney film? Pre-2010, uh, but post, like, 93 then or something. Yes. Disney, yes. But it is Disney. A Disney film. Falls under the Disney umbrella. There you go. So it's a Pixar film. Is it? Is it Finding Nemo? Uh, the same old. Bugs Life. Nope. Bugs Life. Cars. Um, Cars 2. Monster Inc. <laughs> Cars 2. Monster Inc. <laughs> Cars 3. Hurry up. Hurry up. Wally. It's up. 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 <laughs> is that up? Yeah, the year before. So Toy Story 3 did not win Best Picture. It didn't? Nah, sorry guys. It did win Best Animated Feature though. Yeah. Woo! Well, yeah. So that would kind of went without saying. And it also won another Oscar for some mystery category. Best. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll come back to okay. that in the future. <laughs> So the song we're discussing is We Belong Together by, who else? Randy Newman. So it plays out, if my memory serves, and I hope it does, towards the end of the film, kind of either in or on the credits. It's sort of a montage wrapping up various little B-plots and characters' futures. I can confirm it's definitely it's in the credits. Yeah. I am writing things. There is a montage. Like... Yeah, there's like a... It's, yeah. I think it is it the first two films, and definitely the second one has like uh, bloopers. Yeah, this one doesn't have a bloopers. It has like yeah, it has like montage scenes with the song going. Yeah, because like if a memory serves, Zerg is given to the yep. daycare center, and then there's like a weird joke about Ken like a girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, writing like a girl. Yes. And like, yeah, oh, that's one okay. of the jokes I was referencing earlier. <laughs> it's really like <laughs> this isn't okay. But I think if they had the time again, they might have gone for a different joke there. Yep. So, what do you guys think of this song? The scene, if you want to speak about um, that bit of homophobia go i really like this song actually but i think like the first 
two songs, especially the first one, obviously was did not win. I can't even remember if it was nominated. The uh, you got a friend, but it definitely did not win. I think it was. It? it definitely didn't win. Yeah, it, it, it's right. It lost to Colors of the Wind. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, yeah, deserving. Which, which I think we were all kind of like, mm, yeah, fair. <laughs> and then the one from Toy Story Two lost to "You'll Always Be in My Heart" from Tarzan. Oh, okay, so they, fair enough. Again, "You'll Be in My Heart." Yeah, also fair. Also a great song. <laughs> but like, says so it. Yeah, so this this one kind of maybe doesn't stand up against them, but I think it really captures like the uh, celebration of everything that has been kind of achieved over the three films, and it's like it leaves you very with a very warm feeling i think you have that like kind of like really perfect instrumental outro of the score in the final scene of the film where they're all sat on the porch and it's like magical <laughs> but then it kind of goes into then like ah oh, well let's all celebrate what we've all gone through <laughs> with this story and there are some funny bits in the final sequence let's like again let's not talk about the Ken, but there are some uh, funny moments and it does transition really well into the uh Spanish tango version of You've Got a Friend in Me, which is also amazing. Yes, yes. Yes, it does. It's it's seamless, isn't it? During that montage, there is two, for me, properly laugh-out-loud moments. Obviously, the one I referenced at the beginning, the gal of my butt, yes. which is uh, hilarious. Uh, but also, it's um, one of the little aliens doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> May I suggest Hamlet? Yeah, that's another ham uh, sassy joke there for you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ben? I think this is a backup song. I do agree. It's a celebratory song. It also feels a bit like an Usher's song. Like it's the one when you're walking out of the oh, cinema. No, like Usher. just kind of like, kind of please. <laughs> oh, right. I was thinking it doesn't sound like anything like Usher. <laughs> no, just like, uh, you know, come on guys, get out. Like it's almost the uh, like intermission yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I just don't find it that memorable. It's enjoyable to listen to. It's always going to be compared to You've Got a Friend in Me, which is fantastic. And it's the song of the trilogy it's a song of toy story it didn't need another song yeah it won him his oscar but i think that's a bit of a sort of a career oscar than anything also i feel it's like it's a bit like police's uh every breath you take it's a stalker anthem if randy newman was not singing this yeah it's really <laughs> it's oh my god when you yeah. look at the lyrics on their own they do seem very uh, ab- abusive <laughs> yeah don't you tell me i'm not the one don't you tell me i ain't no fun just tell me you love me like i love you you know you do you know you do <laughs> We belong together. Yeah, it is. It is. Wait and see. Wait but, and see. But to be fair, though, that is kind of in line with the first two songs, really, isn't it? They were a bit like clingy in, yeah. in themselves. So maybe it's just Randy Newman. <laughs> you may well maybe. Yeah, I mean, and also ironic because Woody and Andy don't end up together. Yeah. I just don't think it's different enough. And I think because it is Randy Newman's voice and he can only sing a certain type of song. But for Toy Story 2, he wrote a song for someone else. And I think they should have done that to make it stand out a bit more. Um, I mean, I'm criticising a song that won an Oscar, so clearly I don't know anything. But um, I think the Sarah McLachlan one is a fantastic song, and how it was used was fantastic. And as we've said on this podcast before, I just find songs that are in credits just throwaways. Like I just find them lazy. That's fair, yeah. I'm not a big fan of this song. I get it, fit, it sort of fits in the, the film, but only in the sense that it sounds like a Toy Story song. Mm. melodically it sounds like a Toy Story song but the actual song itself it, it's it's a chore to get through I think is the way I'd describe it well, all I'd say to both of you is once you've heard it several thousand times you'll probably appreciate it more <laughs> <laughs> 
the seven thousand times, do you think you and that song belong together? Yeah. <laughs> at, what, at what point in that crossroads, Alex, did you do that rather than the like this is gonna be my like sort of funeral song? It's like um that scene in How I Met Your Mother where they're listening to the proclaimers and it's like, Don't worry, yes. it comes yeah, back yeah, around. Yeah, 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 it comes back around, <laughs> it comes back around. Yeah. It's definitely like that. It's like you start with like, Oh yeah, this is fun. Oh my god, I've heard this way too many times. It's the worst song in the world and then it comes back. <laughs> But yeah, this could be in a really seedy thriller if Sting was singing it. Yeah, definitely. Could be in Joker. Especially, like, like yeah, it even says, like, you know, this way I'm less depressed. It's a very weird line just about happiness. Yeah, it is. It's kind of similar vibe to um, the song that's in Toto One there, Strange Things, which comes in half as for film. Because both, actually, as well, they're only featured very briefly. Like, even this one in the montage is yeah. only, like, the first verse in the chorus before it transitions into a... The uh, Spanish version of uh, "You've Got Friend of Me," which is uh, probably should have been if, if if they could have had it as the original song, <laughs> I think that would have also won the Oscar because it's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, wait, I I would have preferred probably or got more nostalgic enjoyment if it was just that yeah. at the end. But that scene where they're doing the tango together. Is, the is amazing. It's, it's like it's really it gr- is, incredibly yes. animated as well. It's great, and yeah, it appeals to a more of a global market. Sure. You don't talk about how good your relationship is. And saying like, you know, as long as we're together, I'm not depressed, <laughs> because that's 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 fragile. Good message for kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to buy both toys, kids, or else the other one's going to be depressed. <laughs> so, as hinted at in the segment before, and outrightly said by Ben, uh, "We Belong Together" brought home the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Randy Newman finally got that one. However, he didn't like the song. He didn't right. like the song. I'm with you there, Randy. You may have liked it, Alex. The Academy liked it, but yeah, Randy Newman in interviews after winning the Oscar downplayed the song and called it inconsequential and of little impact to him, uh, especially compared to his previous other works. From reading into why he seems to just completely downplay it and in more recent interviews has sort of just said it's one of his worst songs he's ever written, it's because possibly he did the movie Score and I know we don't talk about scores because it's like an unwritten rule of this podcast <laughs> that I'm breaking. Oh. But he fell out with the movie's director when the director opted for Randy's temporary score that he put together rather than the one that Randy Newman spent a lot of time finalising and making perfect for the film. I wonder why then? I, I couldn't actually find out why other than just he thought it fit the film better, which seems weird that a temporary score put together just for like thematic beats hit better than Randy Newman's actual sort of this, this is perfect for this scene. They probably directed it to the score, original temp score, didn't they, though? That's the only thing yeah. I can think and of. And it was like, they probably saw, oh, this is perfect, we don't want to change it, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yes. It's very possible. Because you think, you'd think you'd know best, but maybe they don't actually appreciate it that much. I wonder what version of the film he created his final score to. I wonder if there was changes made after the fact as well. Maybe there was a song playing over the furnace scene. <laughs> <laughs> and how would that go, then? Um, it, maybe it's maybe it's just a rendition of one of his one of Randy Newman's like other songs, like um, "You Can Leave Your Hat On." <laughs> Randy Newman classic. Did he actually? Yeah, he's, right? he's written loads of songs like that. I did not know he wrote that. Song. Where do you think he got the name Randy from? Mama told me not to come. You know that one. Are they all Tom? Originally, Jones? yeah. I think I think he did a he did a like an album of them. I performed with Randy Newman. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And Elvis, Elvis was watching. Janis Joplin. Uh, Randy Newman win an Oscar for a song from Monsters Inc. Am I making that? I'm sure he did. Because uh, I think it was kind. Of, I think it maybe. was kind of like he didn't get it for the song from Toy Story. Everyone clearly thought, "No, oh, we should maybe won an award for that." Yeah, if I didn't have you, 
I'm sure it won an Oscar. Best Are you surprised they just don't have him on it like every single? <laughs> like screw um screw Lin Manuel. I thought you were going to say screw Diane Warren. Then. <laughs> no, 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 never, never, never. Oh, Diane. Sacrilege. <laughs> Our friend Diane. Our friend Diane for another podcast. Do you not think Encanto would have been improved with a Randy Newman score? <laughs> Maybe. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a Randy Newman sort of thing. Just a bit more piano. Do you think that Lin, Lin Manuel is actually slowly becoming <laughs> the new Diane Warren? Because he never wins. I think I don't know how many nominations he's yeah, getting. Yeah. He'll get it. There is a great quote from Randy Newman about working with Pixar, Go on. specifically Pixar's directors, which is, I just don't like their directors. <laughs> nice, nice and straightforward. It's a great quote. <laughs> no, one even, no, no one even asked you, Randy. Uh, yeah, he went on to say that they don't leave you alone. It, really, it's their picture, their name's on it. So if they want to use a kazoo or a bathtub or a whisk or a broom, that's something you've just got to let them do. Okay. <laughs> but I think that this song would probably be improved if it had a kazoo or a bathtub or a whisk or a broom used during yeah. it. I mean, they might well have been, and we maybe they were. Yeah, maybe that's why the film is so good. <laughs> Everyone likes it just for the whisk. Yeah. Critically, it was well received. It seemed like a fitting, much like the film, I suppose, a fitting conclusion of the uh, the then trilogy, uh, and won the Oscar. So clearly, somebody liked it other than Randy. Like I say, it's a career Oscar. He's been nominated like over, I think it's like over twenty times. They they gonna they will just give you one. I think if you're famous, it's like you know it's like Leo. You don't get it for the film that deserves it. You just get it because you are who you are, and the Academy means nothing. It's probably not just a career one for him. It's probably more an acknowledgement of the franchise and that it had like great songs within it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, weirdly they gave it to the song that was the worst. Yeah, I do. I do think that happens because I think it's built that people's opinion of it is built upon so many other films. It's like Lord of the Rings yeah. winning eleven Oscars. That third film isn't a million times better than the other two. It's just they've given it for the entire trilogy. Exactly that. Yeah, I wonder if that. It, that's it, what's yeah. Going on. yeah, yeah. Randy Newman didn't think he was ever going to be asked back to do another song with Pixar, but <laughs> Toy Story for a World Round, and he did another song, and we'll cover that next year. I can let you throw yourself away. <laughs> I did see in his acceptance speech for the song that he did joke that his percentages aren't great because I guess one out of one out of twenty two. Oh two out of twenty two now, I suppose. So yeah, still better than some others. There was only like a, a seven time nominated Diane Warren laughing it off. <laughs> That'll never be me. <laughs> uh, keep tweeting us, Diane. Please do. My face lights up every time I uh, refresh our podcast Twitter feed and she's tweeted to us. Go on, Dan. Lightens my day. I, I appreciate her, her <laughs> I appreciate her throwing the hat of the Will Smith tobacco as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Keep it up, Dan. Top five. Okay, top five. So last time we did this, it was either the first time or the last time. We talked about merchandising, and I'm back with more merchandise stacks. So I want to know, out of everything, and this is specific to a film, not a franchise, what movie has the highest merchandise sales revenue? Now, this is of January 2018, because I couldn't get the latest figures. Not a franchise. Not a franchise, no. It would have to be a specific film within the yeah. saying that Specific film, yes. So if I were to say The Phantom Menace, for instance, that could be a film. It could be, but it's not. Okay, <laughs> okay well, you can see where we're going to go next, can't you? Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. Nope. Are there any Star Wars films in this list? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, there are. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Keep going, keep uh, going. The Empire Strikes Back. No. Wait, why would you jump to? <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. No. A New Hope. 
Yes, there you go. Number one, the most merchandise sales ever for a film, apparently. Any more Star Wars? George Lucas did that. <laughs> George Lucas did that very, very good deal, didn't he? Where he uh, gave up a lot of influence of the film to keep the merchandise right. Exactly. Made all that sweet, sweet dollar. But that's why he didn't direct the other two films, wasn't it? Because he was like in a legal battle. <laughs> Um, Frozen. Uh, Frozen, yes, is number four. Yeah. Toy Story. Number uh, yes, number three. Um, uh, Toy Story one is number three. Oh God. Um, you doing well? Doing well? Are there any Harry? In, I suppose maybe there won't be an individual Harry. Well, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, yes, is number four. Do you say number four for Smells? No, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Wait. Star Wars is number one. Toy Story is number three. Harry Potter, first one, is number four, and Frozen is number five. You are only missing one. God. Now, I think this one might be slightly harder, but makes sense. Ghostbusters. No. Is it another Disney film? Um, I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. So, yes. <laughs> well, I, was gonna, well, I mean, my, my initial thought was presumably like one of the Marvel films, but I don't know if you can have like specific new marks. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think the highest-ranked Marvel-based film is The Avengers. Um but it's also this is also not as late as you know like it gets the more recent Avengers films. It is animated. Hercules. No, <laughs> Hercules. I do remember my Hercules toys. Yeah, it's because Hercules was really big and we were going. Oh, is it? Is it Despicable Me? No, but that's in the top ten. Oh, how could that not be in it? Um, I think there's a lot of unlicensed Minions merchandise. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's the trick. A film that is just merchandise. Think. Just merchandise. That is it's so obviously made for merchandise. <laughs> and repeatedly made for merchandise. Transformers. Transformers is in the top ten. Just that number six. It's already had a mention on this podcast. O- on this episode of this podcast. Uh, yes, on this episode of this podcast, yes. Pokemons. <laughs> Tarzan. No. <laughs> the second most. Oh, cars. 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 Yeah, cars, yes. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, it's a juggernaut, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That's why they make so many films, because everyone needs that sweet, sweet like the McQueen. Well done, that's not too bad. Still doesn't explain the plot for Cars 2, though. <laughs> I have never seen any of them other than first. You guys one. need to watch Cars 2. <laughs> you just need to. Right, go on, try and explain, explain it in one line for me. Um, unusual <laughs> espionage A plot. <laughs> okay. Okay, right, so that brings us on to movie or song. Should be straightforward. Alex, do you want to go first? Yeah, I don't think I need to explain why the movie would be here. <laughs> I would choose a film over the song. But you're going to. I'm not going to, no. I'm not going to explain. So, one vote for the song. But uh, <laughs> don't, don't ask such stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> Two votes for the song. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be the uh, contrarian and pick the, mm-hmm. pick the movie. Well, you got one thing right there. No, well, we already established in this episode that a contrarian review of the movie is to say it's bad. Yes, true. You did. You did talk. You did. You did give uh, Morbius a slightly more positive review. That was your contrarian moment for the day. <laughs> so yeah, movie wins. Movie wins. Movie wins. That brings us to the end of another episode of that song from that movie. Let us know which one you think is better, the movie or the song, on our Twitter. But Alex, what is our Twitter handle? TSF DM Pod. Thank you. So you can help the podcast in many ways. One of those ways is by sharing it on a random subreddit. Ben, what random subreddit should the viewers pick this week? Oh gosh, um, the Jujitsu Kaizen, whatever it's called, subreddit. I bet that's well popular. <laughs> yeah, that, I think it is huge. Subreddit. I mean, it's Reddit yeah, and yeah. an anime. Come on. Yeah, true. So that's a good place to post it. Oh, just Jujitsu subreddit. Yeah, go with that one. Go with that one. It would get buried if it was on the Jujitsu Kaizen subreddit. Is there a song from that film? <laughs> <laughs> is it a Randy Newman song? Uh, there was a song, actually. Yeah, there <laughs> Jiu-jitsu, was. Jujitsu Kaizen. Big panda person. Gonna punch a cursor. <laughs>
Was that the theme song to Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> All the way to the Oscars. Um, <laughs> so you can help the podcast by signing up to our Patreon, buying our merch, and leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, anywhere. Just get someone to listen by saying it's great. Give us five stars, like Ben has. Good too. So let's have now is do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex. In the words of Barbie... Authority should derive from the consent of the governed, not from the threat of force. I hope that Putin's listening to this. <laughs> nice. Nice. And goodbye from Ben. At last, I'm going to get played with. <laughs> <laughs> so goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday to Dear Narendra Nemo's. Get out of my butt. <laughs> uh, right, should we move on? Devolve, yeah. I'm just going to take a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like some soft lizard folk. <laughs> ah, quenched my human thirst. <laughs> <laughs>